Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talk to all four members of Canada's World Mix Curling Championship team from right here in Winnipeg, skipped by Colin Kurz. We'll also check in with Reese Harsh, defenseman of the Winnipeg Ice. Big win Wednesday and another game coming up Friday. Then a huge Western road swing, including a visit to his old stomping grounds in Seattle, where he's looking forward to the clam chatter. And finally, Brian Doby, coach of the Manitoba Bisons, tells us what they're going to do to beat Calgary this weekend in the Hardy Cup playoffs. That's on the podcast. All right, I am joined in studio by Colin Kurse, Megan Walter, Brendan Balakwa, and Sarah Oliver. They are the four members of the World Mixed Curling Championship team from right here in Winnipeg. Thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks Thank for having you. Us. Thanks for having us. So we'll start with the skip, Colin. Uh, well, how did you guys meet? Um, so we've all been curling for a long time, and uh, we started out just like being really good friends um, through curling. And a couple of years back, we kind of just threw together a team for mix, thinking it'd be very uh, social. It's a really fun event. Um, so we put together the team and we played and the first year didn't go quite as good, but we had a lot of fun. So then we kept the team going, but we added Megan at third. It was a different uh, lead before, actually. And so we added Meg and things seemed to click. So um, we got very fortunate and played really well and we ended up winning. And then after we started winning, we kept winning uh, the nationals and then we got to the world. So um, started out for social uh, fun time and it worked out really well and we had good team chemistry and we're all really good friends and then uh, kind of got to where we are now. So Megan, you're the X Factor then? I am. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so how much does it help then that you guys get along well? Yeah, it's very easy to play with three other people on your team when you're really good friends with them on and off the ice when there's, if you're really good close friends, like you don't have any problems. So it's easy to keep on ice what we keep off ice. So that makes it easy to curl too. Do you find, Brendan, that that's similar for a lot of teams in this mixed realm that they are this tight knit, or is it unique for your team? I think it was. Uh, Oop, there we go. Unique for our team. I think uh, a lot of the there's a lot of teams at the event at the worlds, but I think we were probably one of the closer teams. You could kind of tell just the way that we kind of saw the game. We were kind of all on the same page, and other teams were kind of. You could tell they were good players, but they weren't really. Um, as joined as we were. Okay, so let, let's go to the Worlds now, Sarah. How many teams are there? Uh, 40 teams, I think. And how many of those teams like are actually curling countries like we would think are curling countries? Um, I don't know, half of them? Right. More than half, I guess. So it's four pools of a, a number of countries in each pool, and you have to play teams like Kosovo and... Nigeria and so how do you kind of treat those games knowing that you know you're not going to lose those games right um yeah well we go into it just be like knowing that you're probably never going to play these teams again so enjoy it while you can Mm -hmm. and Colin from that perspective do you ever think about like teaching other teams that maybe have very little curling experience uh I think at the world stage you when you get to play those teams uh it might not be teaching but you don't really take those games. You take them seriously, but you don't go in with that mindset like I need to score as many points as we can um, on this team. It's more of those let's focus on the shots that we we need to make, and then after that, just enjoy the moment and have fun with them. Uh, I found that those games were the most social games, 
um, in a tight game against like Germany or something like that, that was very good. You, there was definitely some nerves and some pressure. So you kind of focused on the game and just with your team uh, and the social part came afterwards. But when you played teams like Nigeria and Kosovo, um, we had a lot of fun and there was some teaching things. They would ask kind of what was going on with the game and stuff like that. If they didn't have uh, quite the same idea as we do from Canada. Um, and we just made sure like we had tons of fun. We we're always smiling in those games, although like the score might not have been too close. Right. Um, I think both teams had a lot of fun. So that was, that was pretty cool. So Megan, how did that change then once you get to the playoff round? Um, well, we decided to try to make more difficult shots in those games what I, we would say like easier games we didn't take them lightly but we did take um more, more chances yeah more chances and we took the harder shots so we could practice them going into playoffs so we'd have them in our back pocket when we got there okay and how much did that help brendan i think it helped we had a, a lot of close games in playoffs i think there was one or two shots kind of in quarterfinals and semifinals where you know they don't go our way we we could have been out a lot earlier so i think um by kind of you know you you're using those games to prepare yourself for games later on down the road. Sarah, were you going in this tournament thinking you're going to win the whole thing? Was that the expectation for Canada? I mean, like, that was our goal, but we never assumed that we're just going to win. Right. So to win it was huge. And how was the final? Um, it was exciting. It was nerve-wracking. It was all of the emotions you could feel. At what point did you feel comfortable that you were going to win, or was it the final shot? Um... I, well, the final was really close. Uh, we took a good three. And you're in, playing Germany, right? Yeah, we were playing Germany. Um, and we took a good three in uh, five. And then in six, they came back and took a three right back. Oof. So, yeah, no, it was, I thought we had a little bit of a cushion. And I kept, uh, I had a pretty big smile on my face after the fifth end. And then the sixth end came around and we gave up a, a three. But he made an amazing shot to get that three. So you kind of just give him kudos and move into the seventh and, didn't play great end in seven, gave him another point. Um, and I think there was never really a time where I thought we were going to win the game for sure um, until the last shot. Uh, I didn't actually have to throw my last shot to win. He was trying to play an in-off, and halfway down the sheet, they swept it the whole way, and then halfway down, I heard a big whoa, and I think at that moment, I was kind of like, what's going on here? Like, did they just kind of overbrush this? Uh, and they did, and then uh, once the rocks came to rest, it was just... It was really exciting, and uh, we just were able to celebrate, so that was really cool. What was the celebration like, Megan? Um, well, Colin not having to throw his last stone was definitely um, not as nerve-wracking because I was honestly nervous, but I knew he was confident throwing that outturn draw to the button. But um, it's always a good thing when you don't need to throw your last stone in the last end. But uh, after it all came to a finish, I don't exactly remember what was going through my head except for excitement, and then going to hug the family after was one of the most memorable things. So did you all have your family there? Um, yeah, yeah, for the most part. Okay, so that's good. Uh, just Andy Cap, he's a veteran of the curling realm. He's 51. I'm going to go around the room here. How old are each of you? 22. 17. 23. 22. So to beat a veteran like that, do you think he was thinking, oh, these pesky kids? <laughs> <laughs> um, well... We played him in the first game of the whole event also, and uh, he's got a, a pretty good uh, resume. He's been to the Olympics mm -hmm. a couple times and stuff like that. So I think when we first went to go play him, we were pretty nervous thinking, this guy's been around the game a long time, but um, he was actually one of the nicest guys I, I've ever curled against. He he made sure that I felt calm and like less nervous in that first game. He was talking to me the whole game, and mm -hmm. uh, he made sure we came and sat down with him after and chatted with us. Uh, but also... 
he has a couple silver medals and a couple of bronze medals, but he doesn't have a gold medal at a world event. Mm-hmm. So uh, I definitely think he, he really wanted to win that final. Um, but at the same time, he was very, I think he was very happy for us uh, with how well we played all week. And uh, he congratulated us on more than one occasion afterwards. So that was pretty cool. Sarah, what was it like doing all this in Scotland? Um, it was amazing to say that we can like go to Scotland to curl like in general is amazing. And then to do it for a, at a world event is unbelievable. Were you able to check out any of Scotland while you were there? Or were you busy curling the whole time? Uh, no, we were able to check out a couple of things like a castle, which was absolutely beautiful. And we toured around a little bit. Did it make you want to go back, Brendan? Yeah, definitely. It was uh, a lot of uh, good countryside we saw there. And, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, uh, what uh, what now for this team, Colin? Because you just won the Worlds. What more can you do now? Do it uh, again? Yeah, I think that's the biggest stage that, that you can get to. So um, for us, playing out of Canada, you never really expect to ever go to a World Championship. And if you do, you're really fortunate. Just because it's so loaded here? It is very tough, yeah. It was, a, it was almost a two-year process to get to the Worlds through the Provincials and the Nationals. Um, so actually for the next year's worlds, we have already like, we haven't, we didn't win out of the province. Um, so we would have to wait until the year after It's that. weird how the qualifying, like the calendar works, right? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. uh, you do the, the qualifying like months for next year's months before this year's worlds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The nationals is actually about to be played. I think it starts in two days. Okay. Um, and that would be to, to represent Canada next fall. Yes. Yeah, so you get a lot of time to prep. Um, it's complicated. Yeah, it is a very complicated process, and it takes a long time. So for us, I think if uh, if we were going to try to repeat, it would be another long process. Right. Um, we're all really good friends, and we have a lot of fun with it. So uh, we don't really have a plan of what's next, but I think we can chat about it and see what's going to happen <laughs> okay. next and see how we do. So do you all have like other teams too then? Yeah, Colin and myself, Curl and a, a men's team together. Okay. And I have a women's team. I skipped my own junior team. Okay, so this is almost like a, a side gig for you guys? Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. <laughs> it starts out, it's, the mix is, uh, it's more of a social one, a social event. So um, before you get to the nationals, the provincials is one of those events that you know you're going to enter and you're going to have tons of fun. So we entered that one to have tons of fun, had tons of fun, and had lots of success. And then after you you win out of your province, that's kind of when it turns a lot more serious. Um, the Nationals were actually held in Winnipeg, so mm. that was super cool to play in front of a home home crowd. Um, and it was probably it was one of the more fun events I've played in, too. It's very social, um, but it was definitely more competitive than uh, the Provincial, where there's teams that st- enter it strictly for fun, and then there's other teams. Like, we did obviously want to win it, and that was our goal, and we played really well, but we also were there to have a lot of fun and enjoy uh, playing with like three close friends. Right. So, Brendan, I guess now you're thinking about trying to get make to the Briar then? <laughs> that would be, be a good goal, but um, we're actually curling this weekend. Um, I think Colin and I probably don't have the Briar right right on our, our back burner yet, but uh, it would definitely be probably a goal Someday. down the road. Yeah. Okay. And then, Sarah, for you, what's next for you and um, your team? Well, like our goal is to make just like the Scotties Provincials, and we lost the 3-4 game last year, so qualify and try to eventually one day make it to the Scotties. And Megan? Um, we are back into U21 Provincials and hopefully to with the goal to win the final this year. I've lost the previous two finals and one with Sarah 
And uh, so, yeah, our goal is to hopefully win it this year. Where are you guys keeping your gold medals? Or do you not want to say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Colin's already lost his. No, no, no. I, uh, I've i been showing. I work at a daycare. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I brought it there and I showed all the kids and they thought that was really cool. Um, and right now it's actually my brother. He he won a World Juniors. So I hung my medal right up in front of him. So <laughs> just to see how long it would take him for, for him to take it down. It lasted about five minutes and he took it down. So it's, uh, it's sitting in my room. <laughs> and the rest of you? It's in my room. In my room. Yeah, mine's at home. <laughs> and uh, Colin, you are wearing, you have whiskers on oh. your face, I noticed too. Yeah, the, uh, the daycare. The daycare, well, they wanted me to have a Halloween costume. I didn't have one. So uh, they played a joke. I think they used a permanent marker here. I scrubbed it for a while, but it's not coming off. I don't know. So uh, I might be a cat for a couple of days here. I think the rest of your team likes it, though. They're having a lot of fun at your expense, at least. I'm, I'm very happy this is radio and not TV. <laughs> I tried really hard to get it off, and it was not coming off. Well, I appreciate the four of you coming in today. Congratulations again, and uh, we'll uh, catch up with you later on. Keep track of your successes. Thank Thanks you so much. much for having us. Thursday nights at 8.30, we bring you a weekly chat with a member of the Winnipeg Ice in a segment I've decided to call The Freezer because it's my show. This week, we talked to defenseman Reese Harsh, a veteran on the team who will turn 21 in January. The Ice got a 4-3 shootout win over Lethbridge at home last night. The play again Friday started my conversation with Reese asking him about last night's win. Yeah, it was huge. I mean, it was a bounce-back game from a bit of a tough game in Saskatoon, and uh, we battled hard. We didn't lose too many battles, and I thought we stuck to our game plan. It's been an up-and-down start to the season. How do you kind of make sure you never get too high or too low? Uh, I think that kind of falls on... You know, uh, the older guys, you know, we're the, we're the more veteran players in the league. We, we've been through more, and we know that we can't get too high. We know that we can't get too low. You kind of just got to stay even keel and make sure everyone's on the same page. Yeah, more to that. You're 20 years old, one of the older guys on the team. So how has your role changed? And you're new to this team, too. This is your first year with the ice. How, does, how did your role change here compared to Saskatoon and Seattle in the past? I'm uh, more of a leader here. I more have more of a leadership role. Uh, there's, you know, it's kind of more of a young team, and uh, having the leadership presence of a guy who's been through championship team and a guy who's just been in the league is huge for the young guys, and uh, it's all about just setting example for the younger guys. How do you think your season personally has gone so far? I thought it's been good so far. I'm showing lots of improvements from my game from last year, both offensively and defensively. I mean, every year you play in the league, you get more confident, confident with the puck, confident with the guys. So I think it's going good this year. Now, how is life in Winnipeg different to Seattle? Uh, It's definitely a big change compared to Seattle. I mean, uh, for one, the weather. Uh, it doesn't snow in Seattle. It's pretty much just rain the whole year. And obviously, we've already got a bit of snow on the ground here. And then uh, the city is a little bit bigger in Seattle. So it's a bit smaller of a city here. And uh, I mean, the traffic's not as bad. So that's a huge bonus, too. <laughs> that's true. Now, it's, you're a Canadian kid. So it's not like snow is a big deal, do you? Yeah, no, I've grown up around snow my whole life, especially being from up north. So it's it's pretty much just like living at home, really. 
So you've got the, or the team, I should say, has the big West Coast road trip coming up. You're going to be in Seattle in about three weeks. Are you excited about that game any different than you would be for any other game? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a special game for me to go back to the team and the rink where it all started. That's where my career started, and we won a championship with that team. So it's going to be a special game, but I'm just going to prepare for it like I would for any other you still stay in touch with anyone there? Yeah, there's a few guys I stay in touch with from that team, but uh, they've kind of been changing their team and how they look. So uh, not as many guys are still there as when I played, even from last year, but there's still a few guys that I'll remember and talk to. So being a player on a team that has won a title, how does that change what you can bring to this young team? Uh, you know, I think it just changes that I can bring experience. I mean, people know that I've been through a championship team. I've been through playoff runs and stuff like that. So uh, I just kind of got to make sure everyone else knows how it's like and prepares just how everyone can prepare. And at the end of the day, it's just about having the right mindset. What was it like winning a title? Uh, it was a lot of hard work. I mean, there's lots of ups and downs. There's lots of long road trips, practices, hard games. But, I mean, at the end, it's it's worth it. It's one of the best confidence you can have in this league, and um, it's probably the best feeling ever. And how is it different for someone like you who won it basically in his first full season in the WHL compared to someone who is, you know, your age now, 20 years old? Yeah, it's it's a big difference. I mean, uh, coming into the league at 17, I, I wasn't really too sure what to expect. And we were lucky enough to have the pieces fall in place, and we ended up going all the way. And uh, it's a good way to start off in the league, but it's also a good way to end the league. I know 20-year-olds in this league that have won it in the last year, and uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a great way to end out, and it's a great way to start your career, really. Now another aspect of that big West Coast trip, which the we we know we the we know the Wheat Kings do it once a year. Now we have the ice here, so we know that. But the idea of being on the road that long and that far away with your guys is that kind of the ultimate bonding experience. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the best part of the season is the long road trips together, especially the little U.S. trip swing that we're gonna do. It's really brings guys close together. We're always with each other. We got those off days where we get to bond and hang out, and I think that really helps the team get together. At the same time, there's a lot of hockey being played in that stretch as well, so how do you make sure you know, you're know you kind of balancing the bonding with trying to stay fresh as well? Yeah, that part's huge. I mean, we play a lot of games, a lot of hockey, and not a few nights, so I mean, you just got to make sure your rest and recovery is big. You got you got get some sleep, and you just got to manage how you manage your energy out there. Um, you know, rolling out after games, making sure you're hydrating. It's big because, like you said, that's a lot of hockey. Five games in eight days. You got the 16th, 17th, 19th, 22nd, and 23rd against Everett, Portland, Seattle, Tri City, and Spokane. Is there anything? in the States that you missed that you, like any kind of food that they only have there that you want to try again? Um, no, there's nothing too crazy. I know just being in Seattle and, you know, the 
the ocean being right there, um, they got some pretty good clam chowder from that Duke's Chowder House. That's probably my favorite place to eat. So I'll be looking forward to eating there again. But pretty much that's that's about it. And I guess bringing your teammates that haven't had it before. Yeah, I know that some of the guys, some guys are from Vancouver, but there's there's some Winnipeg guys here, so I know that that'll be a bit of a change for them, and I think they'll they'll enjoy it. Well, Reese, I appreciate you, appreciate you taking time to talk to me tonight. Good luck this weekend with the games you got coming up, and uh, have fun on that big road trip. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Six Manitoba Bisons have been selected for the 2019 Canada West All-Star football team. Receiver Macho Bakru, running back slash returner Michael Rachat, kicker slash punter Matt Riley, defensive end Derek Dufault, cornerback RJ Shelley, and halfback Shea Weeks all selected. The Bisons, they're going to Calgary Saturday for the Hardy Cup semifinals, and Calgary's definitely the favorite in that one. So joining me to talk about all this is head coach of the Bisons, Brian Doby. And Brian, we'll start with the All-Stars. It's got to make your team feel good heading into the playoff game. Uh, that was a that was a a really uh, a really good start to the day um, for sure. Uh, you're all, I mean you're always glad for those players as individuals when they you know when they get recognized of course but and and also for the program I think you know sort of everybody takes takes pride in everybody's successes and and uh, and you know I know it sounds so traditional to say but they certainly wouldn't have the successes that they had as individuals without, uh, without the guys around them. So, you know, that old cliche when, you know, when uh, at award ceremonies, when, when players stand up and say, Oh, this is all, all due to my teammates and coaches. Well, yeah, part of it is so, so uh, good for those guys. And, uh, and they're great representatives of the program and, 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 and good for their teammates too. So you finished the season four and four heading into the playoffs how would you characterize how the regular season went? Wow, roller coaster. Uh, we could do word association here. It, <laughs> it uh, highs and lows, and um, quite honestly, I, I feel like I say this every year, but but you know, I've been here a quarter of a century, and uh, honestly, this is one of the most absolutely competitive seasons ever in Canada West. Um, I, I find it it's interesting that this is one of the few years where there was no superpower in the conference. You know, there's that, that occurs at different times. Saskatchewan's had some runs, you know, we've had some runs, um, you know, Vanier cup where, you know, in 06 and 07, nobody could touch us. You, you know, uh, Calgary's had those teams. Um, but, but those, that doesn't exist this year. Everybody's had the scratch and claw. Uh, you know, I look at, you know how we played against the top two teams. We we beat Saskatchewan and Calgary by you know pretty handily by by really good scores, and and then we lost to them as well. So you know we we know that we know they're really good. Um, we but we know we can beat them, and I think that's kind of been our season. And and you know I, I wish there was a magic formula, but um, you know you you go through your week in practice, you're just never sure how everything's going to translate come the weekend and game day. And, uh, and I guess that's part of the beauty of sport. Um, but, but it's been so competitive. It's been, it's been a really great season to, to coach and play in because uh, you, you just don't know um, all the games in Canada West. Uh, you just don't know who's going to win. And, 
and that makes for great conference and great competition. And yet, at the end of the day, Calgary still first mm. at six and two. The team that seems to always <laughs> be at the top is at the top, and that's where you're going to be on Saturday afternoon. And it's a place that you know the record for Manitoba has not been great in Calgary over the years. Absolutely, I, I of course I had to laugh as you said at <laughs> at the end of the day. Calgary sitting at six and two, and 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 you're right. Um, you know, and and good teams and great programs find ways to to just get it done, uh, even even when they're not getting it done, maybe the way they would they would want. Um, they 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 find ways to win. So we need to be doing that uh, on the weekend. We we played them two weeks ago. We played really well, and and I don't think Calgary played very well. Uh, again, that's 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 competition on any given day. Um, but they certainly didn't have their best game, and we had a very good game. So um, I would love for that to be a repeat uh, on on Saturday afternoon. I don't expect it will be. I think that, uh, you know, of course we're going to go in there and, and, and the playoffs begin and everybody's rolling up their sleeves and, and knowing it's do or die, and, and that includes us as well. But we're playing them, man, in, in their comfort zone and, and where they traditionally win, and uh, it makes it you – know, certainly a little more difficult but uh the rules of the game remain the same our offensive and defensive systems as to calgary's remained intact and the same the field size is the same uh it's a matter of us taking in a breath going on the road playing out of our comfort zone and and us finding a way to to overcome a little adversity out there uh probably more than a little adversity but uh uh, you know, I, I expect it's going to be a great game. I, I really do. We're really looking forward to it. So you've gone 4-0 and this season at home and 0-4 and on the road. Why have you, your team, why has your team not been able to really find the magic formula away from home? Wow, everybody's asking me that. My wife's asking me that. The media is asking me that. That's a fair question. <laughs> you know, it's a, it is a fair question. It's a great question. And 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 you look, um, and, it, and it has some um, interesting relevancy right now. Look at look at the Washington Nationals. Yeah. Like, I mean, look at Washington. You know, I mean that actually is one of the greatest wins of all time in professional sports, regardless of the sport. Um, for 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 them to win all four on the road, and not only that, win the first two on the road, come home and get swept at home. Can you imagine what their players? They're they're emotional too. They're human. Oh yeah. They there's no question they would have had doubt in their mind. No question. And to have to go back into Houston and and try to fight through that that doubt that adversity, um, and 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 somewhat of a lack of confidence. No doubt. No matter what they say, that would exist. Um, it's hard to win on the road, and they did it. Um, and it's hard to win on the road for everybody in the NFL, the Major League Baseball, in the NHL. Um, in university sport, and the list goes on. I wish there was a magic formula, and I wish I knew the exact answers. You know, we we went into Alberta earlier in the year. We drove the field to score the winning touchdown with about a minute and 40 seconds left, and and we thought we had the game won. With six seconds left, they got down to our 30 and threw threw a touchdown pass to, to steal a win. Um, I don't think that was because it was on the road. I think that's because a couple of our players made a mistake and their quarterback made a great throw. So um, it still remains 
football. It still remains sport. It still remains competition. And I, I think there's a lot of variables that change when you're on the road. Um, I think they probably add up to some adversity, but none of them unto themselves are, are, are this. There isn't a singular variable amongst them that says you're going to lose on the road. We we just need to we need to way to find a way to to beat Calgary, not the road. It's to me, it's not about the road. It's about it's about a really powerful Calgary offense uh, playing against last year's Hack Crichton winners, the outstanding player in the nation, Adam Sinagra, a uh, quarterback, and his great group of receivers. A really, really aggressive Calgary defense. They're in first place for a reason. That's that's our problem is the University of Calgary, um, but but not not the city of Calgary. So uh, you know we're going in there to do some business, and and we need to put on our our business suits and and um, and hopefully find a way to 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 find success uh, with what we do and what we tweak against the University of Calgary. So in the end, then, the fact that you beat them a couple weeks ago, what can you take from that victory and help you try to win this game on Saturday? Confidence. I think, uh, I think that's, a, that's a big win. I mean, um, you know, you, you stated, and uh, even the, the tone of your voice as you said it, and yet Calgary remains on top, uh, finished the season on top at 6-2 and two. again. Um, you know, yes, they, they, they deserve that, that respect. Um, so I think when you're facing a program like that, not not a team like that, a program like that, I think, I think, um, I think confidence and, and confidence can deteriorate quickly uh, when bad things happen. And if and if you let that let it run, uh, it was winning that game against Calgary, um, regardless of the score, was was really important. Um, but we we kind of ran away from them. It was forty to fifteen with. Just a few minutes left in the game for, for Manitoba. That was a you know it was a big win for us, and um, you know I it, it, it you can talk all you want, you know players and coaches can talk with great bravado all they want, but proof's in the pudding. And and the most important proof in terms of gaining confidence is is not making the fans believe in you or your parents or your girlfriends or your you know, it, it, it's it's you believing in you. It's it's and, and that's that's the tough part. And uh, you know, confidence isn't a false thing. It's a it's a real thing, and it either exists or it doesn't. And and I think that game certainly gave us, you know, gave us some earned confidence. And and I think that's that's probably the most important factor for us. Well, Brian, I appreciate your time tonight, and wish you the best of luck in your game on Saturday. You bet. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?